Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, January 4th, 2022. Hooray. We're in the future. It's the last day of fun. It's never... There's never been fun. Is anything fun anymore? <laughs> is anything I, fun anymore? <laughs> I can't even have fun now. Hey, good news, everybody. We're going back into lockdown. Yeah, but we're open today, which doesn't help anyone in the future. Are we open today? Yeah, today's okay. our <laughs> last day. So I'm not just looking a fool. But again, I mean, this won't help you listening in the future, which is now the present for you, whoever you are. Whoa. Yeah, weird. But the point is, nothing's uh, great now. So no movies, no fun, nothing. If you're listening way in the future, you'll be like, wow, what horrible times. I'm so happy now that everything is perfect and COVID has been squashed and we live in a wonderful utopian fantasy land. I don't know who that's going to be. Who is that person? Or maybe they're living in like a dune land now, whoever this is. Giant worms and... And the spice. Spice. <laughs> the spice madness. I, I'm pretty sure that's what Dune is about. I think I never got into Dune because I read the first book in high school, maybe junior high, but it was just heavy lifting. Yeah, I bet. It's a lot of... It's sci-fi with all caps letters and lots of words to learn and whole universe in there. But I remember just being like... All about spice, said it. What? Like, I yeah. don't know. It's, someone described it as, well, the movie at least, and, and the book, I suppose, but they described it as basically like aliens battling over space cocaine, like right. a, a planet made of space cocaine or something to that effect. I, can't, I don't know. It's like, that's before I saw the movie. So I was like, I'm kind of intrigued, but also confused. And then I, and actually, I mean, the new movie I really liked, but I wouldn't have thought space cocaine. But hey, I mean, it's, you know, they were getting a little crazy. They got the blue eyes. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen it. It just wasn't top of my list. Both it and James Bond, I will see. Mm. I didn't go to it in the same frame of mind that I went to see Spider-Man. <laughs> Did you see Spider-Man? No, I wanted to, but no one would go with me, including you who had already seen it, so it made sense. But... And now you're screwed. I know. You got to go see it now. Well, you can't see Dune either, so I can't see Spider-Man. So, I mean, no. it's equal. It's not really equal because you but don't But I don't care, care about Dune. Like, <laughs> yeah. I went to see... So, I will remain spoily free because i always feel bad even like a year from now somebody might not have seen it and then they're like oh i was just about to watch it but it was just the whole endeavor of going when gwen and i went it was right before christmas and the world was falling apart again people were wisely staying home it's the blessing and the curse of our lovely customer bases i think a lot of them were responsible and just stayed home so that's why our box office went to hell <laughs> Because nobody was coming out because they were being safe. And it was whatever, December 22nd or 23rd. And I was just like, oh my God, I want to see Spider-Man so bad. <laughs> so I said that to Gwen and she was like, well, we can go. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And I just felt bad because, you know, so many people are feeling really not wanting to go out in public at the moment. Yeah. But went to see Spider-Man and just through half the movie, I was ugly crying. Just, <laughs> just because of plot points, just because of... That once again, for me, the MCU did it again mm -hmm. and exceeded all my expectations, both as a film goer and as a movie comic nerd. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of, not that it needs our help because it's made, I think, $1.4 billion inexplicably at the moment. During now times. During now times. <laughs> yes. So if it had not been now times, it probably would have made Avengers Endgame money and oh, made yeah. $2 billion, you know. But... Just for me, what I always come to the defense of movies like this is the people making it aren't just... It's not like the way they made knockoff Police Academy or Friday the 13th movies back in the day. Like, it wasn't... It is for the money, for sure. 
but it's not just for the money. They mm. really care. And just the character points and the character development and the fun. I left that theater feeling better about my place in the world, you know? Yeah, no, it's, and it sounds like I haven't seen the new Ghostbusters yet, but that's kind of similar to what I've heard about that is that, you know, yeah, it's for money, but also it's like they actually tried to make a good movie and tried to make something appealing to new fans and old fans as well. Yeah, and so it just, it made me happy. Spider-Man is one of my go-to heroes, and it's just like, it sounds so hokey, but, you know, I was like, Spider-Man's keeping on fighting. We can keep on fighting. Oh, God. That just sounds like Spider-Man 2, where they're like, you messed with one of us, you messed with all of us. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, I'm excited to see it someday. One day, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some year. But, yeah, so for us, it's almost like, it's funny, on the weekend, I said to Lee, are the James Bond dates still the same? And he was like, oh, yeah, why do you ask? And I said, just in case, you know, just the way things are, I thought maybe you might postpone or whatever. Yeah. So almost like... I remember this as being the only non-smoker in Ottawa, I think, at the time. But like when I was a kid in high school, my friends would joke that if you light a cigarette, a bus will come. And I said, if I make these four James Bond posters and put it all up on our website and all up on social media and spend the day doing that, we're going to get locked down tomorrow. Yeah. And it happened. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I knew it. I was like, I jinxed myself. I was like, I know as soon as I do this, it's going to be for naught. And what of New York Ninja? That's what the people are really asking about. Well, New York Ninja, what I'm hoping is far enough away yeah. that, because it's like February Fe- something we yeah. have that booked. Like 18th, maybe? I don't know. That's a date. Theoretically, the day we can come back is like January 25th or 6th. Okay. So that doesn't mean anything because I could say that and then we get hit with another three weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the hope is that in these dark wintry times when a whole bunch of people broke the rules and had big Christmas parties, that's what just happened. Yeah. Everyone predicted it. Everyone said it was going to happen and it did. I was just hoping they were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, everything's like kind of messed up and we're, we're supposed to see a concert on January 31st in Montreal. So I don't know if that's actually better because it's like, oh, Ontario's locked down, but I don't think Quebec is yet or they were. I don't know. Everything's a bit weird. But I checked like on the way here and according to the band and the venue, it's still happening at the moment. There is supposed to be shows the 5th to the 8th and they've been postponed, but their next show at M Telus, it's the 22nd. And so that's not been moved yet. But it's like, but again, I mean, like, I'm not assuming it's going to happen. It, it doesn't look good according to everything else. But also I'm like, I, I don't really, we were supposed to see something in October, November, and that got postponed. So not a refund. So we already had to like, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's not, it's like, it's not a selfish woe is me thing. It's just sort of like, it's more about the, like the money and the hotel booking and all that. I just want to get it over with, frankly. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. not even... Like, we're excited, but it's also like, oh, my God. Like, I almost just wish this would just come and go or just, like, give us all the money back. And I don't want to ever think about this again. Yeah, well, we had tickets to Hamilton in July 2020. And I remember just the worst of us were commenting on that. And I was like, people, they're not canceling the show because they slept in. They're canceling the show because we're in the, the heat of a pandemic. And so that got postponed a few times. And then was all set to go for January back in those Kodachrome days of a few weeks ago when we (laughs) thought we were all going to be better. And so that has now been pushed back till July, which means a full two-year pushback of that event. And all we can do is hope that when July rolls around that we're back to normal. Mm -hmm. I have very high hopes that I kind of always do that, yeah, by spring, by summer, 
everybody will get their booster shots. Everybody's going to wear masks. Everyone's going to stay away from each other and it's all going to help. Yeah, I'm in the office today or I was and it was the first time in a little while. I don't know. 20th 21st I don't know I have no concept of time anymore but it was this is the first time I had to actually get up quote unquote early and be a place and so I'm just I'm thrown today it is everything's weird and I was the only one there and it's just empty I'm like why am I here why is this <laughs> happening and it's just the whole thing is confusing luckily there, there was two other guys there so I, I felt like you're sharing the pain at least a little bit but at the same time like I mean it is it's kind of good in the other sense in that not, like I certainly feel safe because there's nobody there and yeah. there's nobody out and about but yeah I mean I've, I've never felt unsafe but uh you know it definitely is disheartening all of this i'm just trying to stay i'm mr positivity like i think we both are and like if it can break us down it's really like <laughs> it's going bad i just did a radio interview with cfra with a very nice guy named graham i forget his last name at the moment but i've done a couple interviews with him over this <laughs> this oh, <man>. trek <laughs> and i like him because some of these interviews they're just digging at you to be negative and they're just speculating this the worst. This is the end. <laughs> yeah, and Lee texted me the other day and I, I maybe won't reveal the source of the interview, but somebody wanted to interview him, but he just said it was they were just so negative and trying to lead the question and he just kind of said to them, I don't want to do this. Um, <laughs> please contact us when we're in better times because that was his big beef, which I concur with. And I, I sent him a nice little text saying like, you're totally in the right. You don't have to do this again. It's the fifth time of them asking the exact same questions. They could just pull your info from the last four times, yeah. and it's all the same answers, genuinely. They just they want negativity. It's a big thing with media that I am not the first person to say this in the past century, mm. but the negativity leads. Same with writing a screenplay. You need conflict. You need anger. You need butting of heads because if yeah. not it's kind of boring and so when you interview me it's probably a little more boring because i'm like we're all gonna be good yeah yeah you want somebody out there being like i hate politicians i hate my neighbors mm -hmm. i hate the world i'm gonna fight the power i'm not gonna wear a mask it's all a conspiracy you want that yeah here's all the people to blame <laughs> yeah and so so this guy I interviewed with today we're in the same boat and i said we're preaching to the choir because he read a text of somebody saying like I know it's frustrating and I'm a parent, but we're going to comply with these rules because I think of the doctors and nurses and scientists all working hard and mm -hmm. this isn't a joke and you look at the stats and people are dying. And so if that means our business has to shut down because some smart people look at some stats and go, eh, that's probably going to help somewhere down the line. And conversely, we're getting all kinds of grants and arts grants and rent relief and all that kind of stuff. It's not like we've been thrown to the wolves in yeah. this situation. So, of course, it's frustrating. Of course, it's sad. Of course, it's this horrible Groundhog Day we're in. But I think the place we're at now in lockdown is very different than the one we were in March 2020. Mm -hmm. We got plans. We got people vaccinated. Yeah. We got people being smart about how to run a business. So this is going to get behind us. I don't think we're going to hit a fantasy land. I think this might just be like the flu. Yeah. But we'll be back. You know, we're coming back. Yeah. And, you know, it's. I think, like, people are a little more, uh, you know, prepared for this part of it. And, like, you know, they will be supportive in other ways, like, you know, buying posters and buying, you know, whatever plaques and stuff. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. Whatever we're doing, you know, people well, yeah, will support it. We didn't even do anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> and yesterday, Gwen complimented me because I found a picture of, it's a quote 
from Star Wars, and it's C-3PO just saying, here we go again. <laughs> so I put that up. I did find a GIF of Captain America saying, here we go again, but I hate GIFs. So. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, 3PO, I mean, Lee, you know, would support that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's more important. And so in the last not even 24 hours, I didn't even put out a call to arms yet, and I will put out a more kind of rounded post saying, hey, here's what we have. We got some posters. I'll take a picture of some of the trailers we have for sale and stuff like that. But without asking, yesterday we sold a couple plaques. We sold a bunch of trailers and posters. After we finish this podcast, I'm going to go get that all that organized. And that's very heartening that before anything, like we're still open at the moment. Mm-hmm. People are already saying, what can I do to help? And I put that out on a Facebook post just in a, as a reply to a friend of mine just saying like, well, depending on your disposable income, you can rent the marquee, you can book the cinema for a date in the future, mm-hmm. you can buy a trailer, you can buy a poster, you can buy one of the prints that we still have available. There's all kinds of stuff to do. And we hope we're not away long enough that it gets back to that streaming stuff. Yeah. I don't think it will. And I just say like, be ready to come back and buy popcorn and movie tickets when we're back mm-hmm. and when we are back when you do buy a drink instead of smuggling in a can of coke we appreciate that you know everyone's trying to save a couple of bucks but when you buy that coke and popcorn that greatly helps us yeah and when you come in over the holidays and buy a hundred dollars in gift certificates that's awesome yeah yeah you will be able to redeem those we're not going <laughs> yes. anywhere it's not some long con yeah and a couple of people and again, everyone means, well, people speak at a turn without trying to hurt feelings. But just a couple <laughs> times over these two years, someone will say, oh, I don't know. What if I buy gift certificates and you close down? And I'm like, well, then that's a whole other endeavor. Like, yeah. that's that's awful. And we're not closing down. We're in a position that it's bad. Yeah. But when we come back and there's been proof of when we're back, we were doing okay. Mm-hmm. And so all you can do is just hope that those dominoes fall in order and we come back and then capacity gets a bit better, and we're able to sell popcorn, and the world keeps spinning, and there you go. Yeah, and you know, maybe if you'd always thought about doing a private rental, but just never had, you know, think about that in the future. It's stuff like that, where it's, that really is becoming like more of the bread and butter, especially with everything going on. And also, like, I think that's a great option for people who are nervous about coming out to a theater and don't want to be around a bunch of people or whatever. I mean, it's it's easy to say, you know, like it's it's not the same as just coming to a movie, paying for a ticket or whatever. You know, it's a little bigger endeavor, but still, like, it's such a cool experience if you did want to do something with your friends. And again, we can't do this right now, but when you <laughs> yeah. can in the future, you know, have you ever thought about that? I mean you got a specific birthday coming up or anniversary whatever sometime in the future yeah we had people numerous people over this last year and a half two years come in and do just that Mm -hmm. and i always forget because i'm cheap and don't go to the multiplex a lot but i'm like oh yeah if you rent the cinema for a matinee and get 20-ish friends or family members to all chip in or even less if you're all chipping in a bit more because it's a special occasion yeah Yeah, you can rent the cinema. And we had a group come in to do that for a video game party. We had a group doing that for a kid's birthday party. And yeah, if you got 15 kids in there and all the parents have chipped in 20 bucks and then the organizers chip in a bit more, we're not charging thousands of dollars for a rental. Yeah. Like you can rent the place for 400 bucks or so. Yeah. That's reasonable if you get a big crowd or even if it's four video game friends doing a special birthday party. That's a treat, you know? And, or, or one rich baller who rents it for the whole day. And he's yeah. like, wow, that guy's cool. And so we've got all kinds of rentals that have postponed. So they will be coming back and giving us the 
second half of their deposit when that happens. We had a big concert uh, right before Christmas called Miracle on Bank Street. Oh, yeah. And they'll be back with a, I don't know, maybe a a non-festive concert in the spring, but they were going to be sold out. They were going to be 300 people in here. So that would have been, of course, besides for a nice rental fee for us, a lot of popcorn and Coke sold. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people in the building who maybe haven't been here before and then are like, oh, I'll come back and watch New York Ninja. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Oh, a lot of buzz about that one lately. Yeah, and anything you see on the schedule, like those four Bond posters that I uselessly made, <laughs> or Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes, which looks fantastic. Oh, right. Canadian horror film called Bloodthirsty, New York Ninja, and the Oscars in March. And who knows if they'll postpone or not. <laughs> All that is still coming soon in the sense that a month from now when we're back, very likely Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes and Dr. No and Bloodthirsty might just be in that first week. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what happened previous months upon our return. Yeah, right now it's Dr. No customers. Zing! (laughs) Not nearly as good. But yeah, that outpouring of support during this kind of stuff is very heartening. And it's like when I did my radio interview today, I said... You don't want to get cocky. You don't want to sit back and just be, it's all going to be fine because there's all kinds of boring grown-up paperwork and grants and all kinds of stuff to do. Mm. But fifth time around, and you do have that feeling of, yeah, it's fine. We'll be back. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. I guess I didn't think there'd be an actual lockdown, lockdown. Like, it just kind of happened so gradually, then so quickly. That yeah. I guess I, I don't know. I, I guess I was being naive, but you just sort of get used to the way things were and I kind of thought we were just like it's a good thing but at the same time I'm like I guess I I was like okay you know it sucks but we're riding it out and this is how it is and then we're like nope nope it's really really bad and yeah I think you're right I think a lot of that is from get-togethers and whatever I mean December is like it's hard to rein people in after the last two years you know and I mean I certainly felt like that like I mean wanting especially like my uh my dad's got like a couple stress fractures in his back so he's not really able to move around a lot right now so it's like kind of important to us to at least like go drop off dinner or something on Christmas and have that connection of some kind you know like yeah and all I know is that in the COVID era leading up to this I had no sick friends now and it's nobody nearby me it's nobody i've been in contact with endless amount of people who <laughs> got it for adding that by the yeah way. yeah like, wait a minute <laughs> yeah i gotcha <laughs> you waited till halfway through the podcast so it's too late yeah no like friends in toronto friends out east friends in vancouver numerous people i know or people i know with kids who some kid in their class got it and mm-hmm. stuff like that so for me statistically the proof is there where before there was nothing and now it's a lot of people and the good news is on a sliding scale of illness nobody's run into the hospital nobody's at death's door yeah but all of them have been like yeah this isn't a joke i'm sick yeah and so anybody who thinks that the frustration of oh why did we bother doing anything and i'm like well if we didn't do anything like imagine if we did nothing back in march 2020 And I'm talking no business shutdowns, no vaccinations, no masks, no staying away from each other, no canceling Christmas. I think we'd be in Mad Max by now. Yeah. It would be a disaster. People forget. Like, people forget these horror show images of New York City and stuff. So all this that we did did help. Yeah. But it's still bad. And it's going to get better. 
Yeah. And, and it's, as you know, like our bread and butter for the most part is seniors, you know, and just how, especially in this community, like, we, you know, there's a lot of retirement homes in the, in the distance and whatnot, you know. So like, yeah, I mean, if we had just been like, ah, whatever, you know, let's just, let's just do nothing. It's just such a risk. And, and I mean, gosh, you know, like, I mean, we both have older parents as well, you know, so it's like, it's definitely something that's at the top of my mind. You can't make people do stuff or change the ways they do things. But at the same time, I mean, you know, I don't know, there's enough of us that are trying and that are doing our best and that are, you know, taking what joy you can here and there and just still trying to be positive. Yeah, and I'm just the most left-wing snowflake sheep there could be, you know? Like I'm like, oh, like sir, yes, sir, get another vaccination, done. Yeah, no sports, you know, like <laughs> yeah. comic books, like whatever you're not. Yeah. You're, I don't know what you are. You're, we're, we're, a, we're a different category. I don't know what that is. Are your raptors done? No, well, I mean, in, in a way, some would say yes, okay. but technically no. <laughs> No, they they actually they just got their mostly their whole team back for the first time pretty much all season, like just from injuries or COVID, mostly COVID. And so they lost like God, like they were down to eight players, four of them being actual members of the team, and then they signed four random dudes, literally. Like outside? And pretty you. much. <laughs> like ten day contracts for like wow. just rando dudes, and then the league made them play. Like cause they you have to have at least eight players, five on the court at all times, you know, and then three randos. And so literally like other teams, more popular teams, American teams were allowed to cancel the games, not Toronto. They forced them to play. And wouldn't you know it? They got destroyed. <laughs> yeah. They lost by about 50. Because I was playing. Yeah. Like essentially <laughs> that was so like they did pretty well for the first 10 minutes. And then after that, playing against real NBA players kind of uh, caught up to them. Is it like hockey? Like, are these junior players, essentially? <laughs> kind of. Like, they're in the G League or, you know, the D League or whatever, you know. So, like, they're former college players. And some of them have played a couple games in the NBA. But, I mean, they're, like, essentially rookies. Although, one kind of cool thing. I mean, two cool things about it. One is that a lot of guys who used to play, who like, former All-Stars who are now not great, but way better than I would ever be. They're coming back for 10 days, you know? So certain guys like, and, and they're not staying past the 10 days. It's not like, you know, this is like a huge underdog story or whatever, but it's cool. But the other thing that's neat, a lot of people pointed out, yes, this is a doom and gloom and you're only allowed to sign these guys because you're missing guys due to COVID, but these guys are playing in the NBA. So you've right. got guys who would have never, ever set foot on the court, never got a jersey, never got, and they're getting this one 10-day paycheck is more than they make in a year. Which is more than we make in a lifetime, but it's still like it's kind of it's kind of heartening. Like that aspect of it is that you're like the only reason your dream is coming true is because the world sucks, but your dream is coming true, albeit briefly. If they had pulled together and won a game or something, <laughs> like that would have been a great story. Because I know there's stories like that. I am not a sports fan, but I know there's stories like that in hockey where the goalie is sick and the backup goalie is sick and the second backup goalie breaks his ankle. Yeah, and they call up somebody who's just like a working man who's been in the juniors and has a day job and they win the game. And that's the only game that guy has ever played <laughs> in the majors and might be the only one ever. And the team just loves them and the crowd goes wild and it was close, right? Like they won six to five, but they still won. Yeah. Like but, the Zamboni driver for the Leafs winning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, but he made 20 saves and helped. Yeah. And so it's like, 
Yeah, all the all these things going on now. But so are they playing in front of nobody? Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. So that's I'd be really mad if they were playing in front of a crowd. No, it was like initially it was just a thousand people and now it's just zero. And so yeah, it is it is kind of hilarious. And like they had like Serge Ibaka who was on the team when they won the championship. He came back for the first time since going to a different team. And so they did a tribute video for him, but there was no one in the crowd. And so <laughs> he's literally sitting on the bench and they're playing this and watching at home. It was real nice and it was a really good video, but he literally he didn't look up he didn't wave and understandable like who, who there's no one to wave to yeah and so it's it was awkward because he almost looked kind of mad and to be fair like his team was losing by like 20 like Toronto was that, <laughs> yeah that was when we got our guys back so we were you know winning that one but I just found that hilarious like I just you're like ah oh, hey thanks but also we're the only ones watching this <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to do a quick recommendation before we wrap up because sure. you've got to run. Maybe you have a recommendation as well. Yeah, I'll think about it. Last night, Gwen and I watched an episode, or do you call it an episode? An episode <laughs> of Riff Tracks. I love Riff Tracks. They are a spinoff of Mystery Science Theater with a number of performers who worked for MST3K for a very long time. The one we watched last night was one hosted by two of the ladies, Mary Jo Peel and Bridget Nelson. And it was an old high school movie called The Teenagers, subtitle Hometown Hero. And we looked it up and there's seven of these films and Rift Tracks has done three or four of them. And it's just an old 70 minute black and white, very white high school movie, like Archie kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's 70 minutes long. It's padded out with six musical numbers. There's barely a story of a girl going undercover as a boy on the football team, but it's super fun. I laughed out loud a number of times, and it's a movie that we'll never be screening here, and for that riffing experience, and they just added a whole bunch onto Amazon Prime, if you have that, so you can go watch a whole bunch of riff tracks, and the one called The Teenagers is super fun, and otherwise a movie that is kind of lost to the ages, because I can't imagine anyone putting out a blu-ray box set of the teenagers yeah probably none man i've i guess i've only been watching crap really like i mean <laughs> we've been watching more tv like we've been watching the show yellow jackets which is real real good christina ricci is in it which oh, is cool yeah. and juliette lewis so it's like some fun names from the past but i will pre-hype there's an upcoming shark movie coming out january 28th like which you know we probably wouldn't get it anyways yeah i wouldn't recommend it but it, it stars alicia silverstone fighting a shark which cool is, yeah, pretty fun. And and the, the movie is called The Requin, which is shark in French, as you know. Obviously. Highbrow. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it, it goes well with my joke where I'm always like, that shark right there is wrecking <laughs> up the place, which is like my Fringlish joke. So I haven't seen it. It, it might be terrible, but, uh, you know, I always like to hype a shark movie that seems to have more of a budget than the sci-fi type stuff. You love shark movies. Yeah, and other than that, I mean, I could just talk. I, I watched Don't Look Up, but I didn't really care for it. So, I, But other people did, so it's fine. Yeah, I got to watch that maybe just out of curiosity because I've heard it's a very polarizing film. It's just, it's two and a half hours long. So it's like the premise is good, and I like the first half hour and the last 10 minutes, but I'm like, it needs 45 minutes cut out of it. Um, so That's every movie made now. Yeah, it's true. It's I mean, the blessing and the curse of the streaming service era is... Netflix don't care how long the movie is. No. If you watch half of it and go away, they've done their job. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was fine. But yeah, I can't recommend it. But I, other people liked it. So maybe those people will recommend it. You got to get that Topher Grace to go in and make a 90 minute cut. He always does that with movies. Oh man. Yeah. Be, <laughs> and even if he had been in it, maybe it would have been a better movie. I don't know. 
Okay, we're going to wrap things up just a tiny bit earlier. We're still going to hit the, the half hour mark. Right. But Eric has to run back to work. Shh, don't tell anyone. This is my lunch break. Like, literally, <laughs> yeah. this is the fun I have these days. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I sneak out here, don't eat food, and then go back to work without having eaten food. We will be back, I promise. Stay tuned to our website and all the social media for updates, which we will get at the exact same time you get them. So we won't really <laughs> get a head start. When we come back, we'll have a bunch of cool movies. We'll be back next week with another podcast. And stay tuned for good news, right? Always good news. Okay, bye, everybody. Bye. bye. Now I have to protect my French dispatch poster from all the Wes Anderson nerds outside. There's so many. Yeah, they're clamoring for it. Miss Honey and Miss Galore have James Bond back for more. And here he comes, the one, the only, 007. And he's got a date with his two deadliest enemies, Goldfinger and Dr. No. It's Sean Connery as James Bond, at his best, battling two of his worst enemies. They try to bomb him and charm him, mug him, and drug him. Who are you? My name is Pussy Galore. They try to chop him and drop him, melt him, and melt him. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Walls crumble in his path. Women tumble in his arms. Nothing stands in his way. Shocking. There is only one James Bond. And if you liked him back to back, you'll love him face to face with his two deadliest enemies. Goldfinger. And Dr. No. Goldfinger. Get ready, Mr. Bond. Dr. No and I are getting another shot at 007. Together. Together.